Welcome to the Faces of Cannabis interview series, where we take a break from talking about edibles and focus on the people behind the plant. Whether it's fellow podcasters, bud tenders, gangiers, advocates, cultivators, cannabis lovers all have their stories to share, and I want to share them with you. Friends, I know you're going to enjoy this conversation that I had with Elizabeth, founder of High B&B, a cannabis-friendly tourism and event company. And if you're not inspired to do some traveling with your favorite herb in the coming months, I know you'll be inspired by her story and by her tenacity of running a tourism business during a pandemic. Now, before we get into the interview, I just want to share a message from a fellow podcast that I happen to love. We talk about edibles on this show, but are you secretly Googling all your other questions about weed? Check out How to Do the Pot, a podcast demystifying cannabis for women. Every week, through a mix of storytelling and practical tips, How to Do the Pot shares fun, short episodes about sleep, stress, sex, and more, all to inspire you to feel confident about cannabis for health, well-being, and fun. If you want to hear how women are exploring cannabis and have all your questions answered, listen to How to Do the Pot wherever you get your podcasts. And with that, friends, please enjoy this conversation with Elizabeth. I had just finished talking about how grateful I am to be able to support this psychedelic, um, you know, the first of its kind, totally legal and commercial uh, psychedelic experience. Yeah, and that's super exciting, especially when it's being spearheaded by somebody like Steve D'Angelo, who has the contacts and the experience to to pull something like this off. And I love this, what you were talking about, the learning to cook aspect as well, because it sounds a lot more immersive than just you know, going to some retreat somewhere and getting really high and then going home. Like, it sounds like there's a lot more to it than just the psychedelic experiences themselves. Well, there is. It's you know, being being grounded and it's a very healing process with the support of this village or, around you. It's coming back to our roots to connect with each other and mm-hmm. connect with the earth. And that's what he's so passionate about. He really feels that not just cannabis, but psychedelics will heal the world. Right. Well, I think mushrooms in general have incredible capacity to change a lot of things, whether it's psychedelics or other types of mushrooms. They're a pretty fascinating uh, fungi. Fungi are just very fascinating. But um, do you have any other exciting things coming up? Like you mentioned uh, Germany as well, because Germany is on the cusp of legalization, I believe. And I was supposed to actually head to Germany around this time right now uh, for about a month. I had to postpone it, so I'm planning to go back in the spring, and it would be really cool to check out some events or or lodgings or whatever while I'm there. Yeah, we're still in early stages with Germany. We're looking Hmm. for a German partner. Okay. uh, But we've just locked in a a Mexican partner. um, Okay. For for a, a, a licensing partnership. So they right. would be representing high B&B in their region and building out their region. Okay. So that's very exciting about uh, the developments that we have with Mexico right now. Yeah, well, considering uh, what a popular destination it is, too, for a lot of Canadians, Americans who love to go down there and escape from the awful winters that we get to deal with, at least here anyway. I mean, Mexico is a perfect place to explore those types of adventures. So that's exciting. I'll be watching for the Germany um, partnerships as well, because I think Europe is, you know, on. they say once Germany legalizes, it's probably going to spread all over Europe as well, which means even more opportunities. Um, 
I, sorry to interrupt. I can say yeah. that um, we we are starting to develop in Colombia. Okay. Um, there's been some change in the government in the in the politician there, so um, we're going to see some quick quick changes um, in regard to regulation and, and policy around cannabis in Colombia. So that's going to open up tourism in that uh, country, as well as in Chile. I see those both those two countries uh, moving very quickly and becoming very friendly to cannabis um, regulation and cannabis tourism, because it brings so much money into the country. Yes, it does. It really does. That's and, very and no, exciting. Yeah. Nobody sees that about tourism and cannabis tourism. It's such you know, in Canada here, we jumped on the opportunity to legalize cannabis because of the tax benefits that it brings in through the sale of the regulated product. Nobody's really considered, um, you know, uh, what the opportunity is around cannabis tourism. So we're still, you know, in very early stages. And I'm very proud that High B&B is kind of first to the table and is going is picking up that gap before the rest of the infrastructure gets set up. Right. Yeah, that's very exciting. And like you said, I think in Canada, sometimes it was maybe a bit of a missed opportunity because they could have been really you know, promoting cannabis tourism as a one of the f- few legal countries in the world. But you're at the forefront of it. And that's super exciting because it's sort of all coming from Canada. So it's still kind of, you know, you're going to be at the forefront of it all. And that's really exciting. And that's got to be a huge win for you that you've been able to celebrate is just getting this off the ground and doing it during a pandemic. You've got these new, um, like the retreats and these countries opening up for you. Do you have any other wins that you're celebrating lately? Well, (laughs) I I, I like to celebrate the little wins because it's such hard work. And if we don't celebrate the little wins, then, you know, it's just too demoralizing. So uh, what are my little wins? Just every day there are little wins. But I like to say the name of the game is to stay in the game. That's what it is. I mean, we we hit... um, um, difficulty after difficulty. First, it was the pandemic or whatever it is. That's kind of, you know, what a startup company is. But uh, the name of the game is just to keep going, keep going, and then you know, grow stronger and with long longevity, we'll get there. So um, I'm really focusing on, on these strategic partnerships and 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 uh, anchor partners. We have a few others in place. Um, one in the Humboldt region that we'll be working to really build out uh, and bring more cannabis tourism to the Emerald Triangle because there is the heart of, um, you know, California culture, California surf culture and weed, right? That's where it was all grown Mm -hmm. to begin with. And there's so much history there. Um, And the government there is very interested, the local government to support the, um, you know, the, the, the craft farmers and um, the local artisans and and uh, and companies so we'll be working together to build out that region and i hope to do the same in the okanagan region in canada that would be really exciting too i actually had the opportunity to go to humboldt california this time last year i took a course called the Ganger. i became a certified Ganger, which is a cannabis sommelier and they run that out of the emerald triangle and that is an absolutely stunningly beautiful region so having any kind of partnerships in that area would be it's like a pot lovers sort of Mecca. So <laughs> it would be pretty exciting to have something set up in Humboldt and the Okanagan as well. I've never been there, but you know, that's sort of 
the Canadian version of that. And I think a lot of people would be very interested in visiting there in Canvas friendly locations, you know, accommodations, events, and whatnot. Um, have you had any other challenges that you've had to overcome in the process of setting all this up? Or has it been just, like you said, keep going, keep celebrating the small wins, which obviously turn into big wins as you as you persist? Yeah, there's challenges every day. Um, you know, building a you know, b- building the the site and the platform. I had never done that before. You know, I didn't come from a technology background in web design, web development. So that was a big uh, learning curve for me. Now I'm the CTO of the company. I spend more than fifty percent <laughs> of my time, you know, on the on the platform and expanding it and revising it and testing it and making sure that it's you know absolutely stable because that's the most important thing. We're a tech company is what we are. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. background is in in film and television. So I, I did have the experience of having a vision and, you know, building a blueprint for something, putting together a budget and a schedule and, and building it with a team of technical and creative people. I've done that before and that's what I've done here. But now taking it to the general public and and building out our customer service team and you know building out all of these affiliates all these anchor partners and it's really so complicated because the legislation is different not just in every country but in every state or province mm-hmm. some place you know every jurisdiction so it's really quite complicated um to 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 get it off the ground because it requires such a, a very specific level of um detail in each right. of those different places. So perhaps you can share with us, because listening to that, when, especially when you mentioned the piece about the different legislation that would be in every different region you're going into, what is it that keeps you going every day? Because a lot of people would have given up. As soon as they're like, oh, I started a business during a pandemic that is you know, based in tourism, they would have been like, you know what, forget it. But it sounds like you've persisted through a lot of challenges and it's paying off now, but there must have been times you're like, I don't want to do this. So what sets you apart from the other person that would have just given up? Well, I have this joie de vivre and I have a love of, I have a love of cannabis. Like I, okay. I really am very, very passionate about cannabis and, and um, the, what it's brought me in my connection to myself and the, the connection that I have to other people while using it. It's the best thing in the world. Like mm-hmm. before the pandemic, I used to walk down the street, where's the weed? Who's got the weed? And as soon as I smell it, I go running over, right? And join them. And everybody always welcomes me in, right? It's nothing better than smoking somebody else's pot. Yes. <laughs> um, That's right. Pot, it's about the connection to other people. And so, um, you know, what's driving me is the idea of bringing that experience to others, to bring people together. Um, right. You know, that's the most important thing in the world is feeling connected to one another and included. And so um, what keeps me in the game is when I am, you know, on the front lines talking to people and they get it. They just get it. And they're like, thank you so much for what you've done. Thank you for taking a step towards a normalization of cannabis. Like what what you've done with high BNB. It's there's no apologies. This is mm-hmm. legal it should be integrated with our life, you know, with our lives and, and there's nothing to be hiding. Um, so the bold approach to the message is widely received. 
Um, and there, there's so much support from people who just get it, you know, and I see the look on their face and, and that keeps me going. Right. That's beautiful. I really like that because you are right that cannabis brings people together, people who might not otherwise ever have a reason to talk to each other. And the next thing you know, they're sharing an edible, they're sharing a joint or whatever the case might be. And you're bringing that to the masses, which I love. So do you have a quote that you live your life by or think of often that helps in this pursuit? Well, I, I am blessed that I was brought up by parents who were both self-employed. Um, and the, the mantra in our family was this poem actually called dare to be different. Okay. Dare, dare to be different. Life is so full of people who follow the poor, the, the same push and pull. So it basically is about, um, you know, that what makes you special is what's different than everybody else. You know, everybody tries to look and act the same because they all want to fit in and we need to celebrate our differences and, and to be as unique and individual as, as we are. And right. I love and it, that. Yeah. And it sounds as though you're living that every day as you run your business. Cause you mentioned that to break some of the stigma that we still have around cannabis, you have to be bold and you're definitely doing that. So I, I think that's quite perfect actually. Um, do you have any predictions of what you think the industry is going to look like in about I had five years, maybe 50 years, but let's just keep it shorter. Let's keep it to five years. <laughs> well, we really are in a nascent stage. Um, it's so sad to see what's happening with the, um, with the, with the seed, the, the, the companies that are involved in the chain, the supply chain, you know, the seed to sale supply chain, because there's so much money that came to that industry through public, um, you know, through the, the, the public market. Uh, and then it just all bottomed out. And and now we're seeing that uh, the companies are having a hard time staying afloat and nobody's making any money. There's too much product that's getting made. It's sitting, going bad and getting destroyed. Um, the co- Because of the taxes, the cost of the product is so high that uh, a lot of people can't stay in the game. And then the legacy, you know, the legacy players are still there and they can sell for a lot cheaper than the people who want to work in the legal system. So we're seeing an in- enormous correction that's happening mm-hmm. in the supply chain side of the industry. So ha- where do I see it going? I think that it's going to take five years for it to actually settle because there's just so much change happening. Um, I don't right. see le- legalization at the federal level in the USA happening right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to take some time. And for high mm-hmm. BNB, that's good because as soon, you know, our, our exit is once um, the USA does federally legalize because then everybody's going to be in the game. Right. Uh, and, and so we see ourselves as an acquisition at that time. But we may okay. go public, you know, we'll, we'll go public before then. So our, you know, our window to build out high BNB is before federal legalization. Um, and so I think that we've got some time for that. So where do I see it in um, five years? I, you, it, it's all on the cannabis tourism side. Right now, you know, the, the se- regulation and sale is what the focus has been by the government entities. And in my communication with them, even with Canada, they did that on purpose. I said to them, you only did half the job. You legalized the sale of it, but you didn't legalize the consumption of it. Where am I supposed to smoke it? And if I'm a visitor here, where am I supposed to smoke it? If that's what I want to do, you want me to buy it and then go and hide in a back alley in the rain or in a stairwell because I can't smoke it anywhere. Like, 
I get really angry about that. But they did that on purpose. They said, because we can always add more permission, mm-hmm. we can mm-hmm. never take away. So they did half the job right now. And incrementally, we're going to see more um, legislation come out to support infused dining experiences, to support um, uh, beverages and edibles sold at you know, coffee shops. Right now, coffee shops, they can get a license to sell alcohol if they want. They sh- they'll be able to get a license to sell infused products. So we're going to see more um, access to product uh, in the general public and, and more lounges and, and, and um, you know, infused dining experiences. So I, that's where I see the change happening is the way that the public int- integrates and touches the, the plant. Mm -hmm. Because I think that is important. Like you said, I mean, in a lot of places you can smoke outside. I I don't know if you can visit Toronto without smelling pot smoke in the air (laughs) at all. But I mean, if you're visiting Canada or Toronto, for example, in January, having a consumption lounge available to consume your products so you're not standing out in the minus 30 degree weather would be much better for tourism than what we have currently set up. So, and I would love to see more infused dining experiences and being able to buy in coffee shops. Cause I've seen what they do in some of the dispensaries in the States where they've been legal for a while. And it's, it's kind of mind blowing actually what's available there in some of these places. So it would be amazing to see that happening in Canada as well, but it sounds as though your outlook is very positive. So I like that. Oh, we're not going back. (laughs) We're not going for sure. This yeah. green rush is opening up a- across the world. They're, it's just getting stronger and stronger. Right. It's just starting to gain momentum. And I, I think of that as well when I think of countries like Thailand that legalized recently. And they had pretty strict drug laws, I believe, prior to that. And if you're a tourist getting caught with that kind of thing, it was probably really bad news for you. And then they just decided to legalize. And, you know, it does seem to be gaining momentum all over the place, which is super exciting and a huge opportunity for you as well. So now if you had to smoke only one strain or eat one edible for the rest of your life, what would it be? But I know that's always a difficult question, but... (laughs) I mean, I'm, I am kind of attached to my vape pen. Okay. With a lot of resin in it. Right. That's, that's probably what I would not want to give up. You know, I, I, I like little gummies because I can take a little bite and I know how much, you know, the, I, I love the fact in Canada, it's so regulated that I can know exactly how much I'm going to, to feel mm-hmm. and, and Sometimes the edibles take a little while. It depends how I'm using it and, and what for. But uh, I would say I probably can't live without my my um, live resin vape pen. And do, is there one in particular that you go back to time and time again? Um, n- no. Yeah, <laughs> it's just more the the delivery method. It's funny you say that because I typically use well edibles or a dry herb vaporizer, but I recently got a vape pen and. It's so convenient. <laughs> I've been using it quite a bit. So, <laughs> well, it's hard to find the same product in the store all the time. They have different yeah. products. I, I bought one and it was like a high in CBD, which I really liked that because I could puff away at it. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I really like to have a nice CBD THC blend. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't want it just high THC. Like a lot of the younger generation, they think of cannabis and they just want to get really high. And so they want the highest mm-hmm. THC, but 
Um, for, you know, for me, that's not really the longevity of the product for me. I'm looking for something that has a nice blend that takes uh, the edge off and, and uh, something that I can be functional with rather than just to sit and, and enjoy the, the high. Yeah, there's a time and place for everything. And when you're a busy entrepreneur, I would imagine you have lots of work to do and you don't want to necessarily distract yourself by staring at the clouds for too long. So <laughs> um, what's the best compliment that you've ever received? Hmm. The best compliment, I, I think it's just when, you know, when somebody really gets the vision, they totally get it. Some people don't get it. They're, and those people aren't mm-hmm. even cannabis users. They're like, I don't know, why does somebody need it? Like, can't they just smoke outside? Like, why do I need a cannabis lodging? But, um, you know, I, I guess uh, maybe I'm not seeing the compliments so much because I am just wanting to see how I can forward things, what needs to be done on my end, like what action is required on me. And that's all I see in the world. You know, Mm -hmm. what can I do more? Um, So perhaps I'm just not receiving a whole lot of compliments, but I I take it as a compliment when, when somebody really gets it and is energized and excited about, about high B&B. Absolutely. I think that's a huge compliment, all that you've pulled off so far. So don't discount that. That's my advice for you today. But (laughs) do you have a favorite activity that you like to enjoy when you're puffing on your vape pen? I go running. Okay. That's my thing. Well, I I, I have a daughter, so she's, you know, I was very clear with her that I enjoy cannabis and I can't believe that she's a lot more conservative than me. She's 15 now, but she's been clear to me that she doesn't, um, doesn't mind me. Um, using cannabis, but she doesn't like the smell. And so she's asked me not to do it around her. So I find that my trusty vape pen is a great way to be discreet. Uh, And so the way that I can enjoy it is um, I use my vape pen and I run. I run and I I love running. I love cannabis and sports because I can get out of my head. I can just like Mm -hmm. check, check out and get into, I can fine tune my body's movements and I can really focus um, and so sports and, and pot for me is my favorite thing. Oh, that's amazing. And I have heard, I don't tend to do that too much myself, but I've talked to so many people who find the same thing as you is that you can just get out of your head and focus on the activity that you're doing. I should probably try it more often, especially now that I have the vape pen and it makes it more accessible and easy sometimes. But can you talk a bit more, a bit more about, um, the conversations you had with your daughter? Because I always find that very interesting. I have three daughters. They're all young adults now. And we were pretty liberal, you know, letting them know that we used cannabis and that kind of thing. And they're all pretty conservative with their use as well. They all do actually use cannabis, but I would say they're very responsible users. So it's just, I find it interesting when I talk to other parents about how they handle that situation. Yeah, well, I was very clear and once she saw me smoking and she, she was very upset and she said, mom, you told me that you never smoked you. And she was quite young at the time. She said, you lied to me because I just saw you smoking. And I said, no, I, I wasn't smoking cigarettes. I was smoking cigarettes. <laughs> this is you know many years ago before I started right. high B&B. So that was kind of my disclosure to her. So I, I haven't lied to you. This is cannabis and I enjoy cannabis because it helps me relax you know, and, and, um, it's, it's something that I enjoy, but it's, it's not cigarettes. It's, it's different. And so that was our, you know, jumping in point. And, and from there, I just, you know, uh, continued to, to be very open about it. I, 
that's a, that's as far as it goes, really. I mean, it, unfortunately, she's not not open, and I I don't want to try to make her try cannabis in any way. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I do have it around. I don't hide it in any way, shape, or form, and so. It's just full disclosure. And that's the way I am with high BNB, right? With high BNB, this is who we are. We want to integrate it with our lives. I'm not hiding it. Mm-hmm. I do the same thing with my daughter. It's, you know, this is who I am. Um, and I think that that's very important is that she understands, you know, that I'm honest. Right. And I think that keeps the lines of communication open as well. Cause even though she's not too interested at the moment, she may change her mind one day and decide that she wants to try it out or have questions for you. And then she knows she, she won't be judged or she won't be afraid to ask questions because she knows that you've been open and honest with her. And, you, you know, she has you as an example of a responsible user as well. So I feel like that applies very well with a lot of parenting. Well, I've told her that if and when she wants to try it, I'd like her to try it with me so that she's in a safe environment so that she right. understands the feelings and the effects of it. Mm-hmm. Because if you try it for the first time or, you know, enjoy cannabis when you don't understand the effects or if there's alcohol involved for the first time, I mean, it can be a very negative effect. It can even be dangerous. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, I just want to support her so that she understands if, if she was interested in it, I would ask her to do that. Uh, so she's home where it's safe and that she understands, you know, its effects. Yeah, that's actually very smart. Yeah, because I remember the first few times that I smoked cannabis, (laughs) I got really high. (laughs) I do remember that. It was a pretty intense experience those first few times. So, you know, being in a safe environment, like you said, and then being able to say, you know, learn what it feels like in your body is going to make it less intimidating when you are out with your friends or whatever the case might be. So. Yeah, I mean, I like that understand, approach. It, understand it on your own first, how it affects you before you go out into the world. Right, use it especially. Because, yeah, I mean, there's there's so many people that think of cannabis, oh, it's a party drug, and I'm going to take it when I go out and party, which is okay, that's a lot of fun. But it's, you know, for me, it's a very sacred experience uh, to connect to myself while I'm on the plant. I like to do things like, as I say, meditate or yoga or go running. I mean, these are so to to use it and exploit it only in social um, environments, especially when there's alcohol around, I think it is ex- you know literally exploiting the the plant. It's important to yes. understand it. Yeah, and I, and also that just the connection between the cannabis and the alcohol because it does change the effects so much, and it can really amplify the effects of the alcohol that a lot of people aren't prepared for, and it can be quite disastrous sometimes combining those two things together. So you do have to be careful when you're doing that, yes. but. Yeah. Now I want to be cognizant of your time, Elizabeth, and I really appreciate you taking the time to be with me here today. I did want to just reiterate, you mentioned that the psychedelic retreats being run by Steve D'Angelo, that opens up in January of 2023. You can start booking it right now on high BNB. Go to high BNB. Okay. You can search um, right, right under play high. There's a drop down that says retreats. If you mm-hmm. click on the retreats, you'll see it. It's the first one that comes up. And right now, as it is, you can go ahead and book it starting in January. So they're doing it. They're five-day retreats, and they're available every week. Okay. Forever. They, uh, you huh. know, yeah, every week in perpetuity. So, Okay. And people just have to keep going back to the, uh, the website to see what new updates and what new partnerships you have going on. Absolutely. 
Okay. Well, I always have uh, show notes whenever I do episodes. So I'll be sure to include the show notes for, or in the show notes, the website and where people can find you online and all the rest of it. So that it's easy for people to book that retreat that they've been itching to go on, because I think that's a a real gift to yourself. So I just want to say thanks again, Elizabeth. And did you, sorry, did you have something you wanted to add? Oh, I just wanted to say that people can find us at Experience High B&B on socials. Okay. I'll be sure to put that in the show notes too. Yeah. And if somebody wants to see the listings that we have, they can just come to the site and search based on the city or the state that they're looking for, or you can go to search by map and search by region that way. We have all sorts of fun uh, experiences. Like Somebody uh, at Venice Beach has a a rooftop patio there and he's renting it out in two hour increments. So you can come and hang out on Venice Beach and they give you food and drinks. He has uh, parking for you and you can smoke all you want up there and it's totally legal. Whereas if you're on the beach and try and smoke pot, the police are gonna come. Because you can't smoke it openly there. So that's a really creative way to, um, you know, to, to offer something to the community. And right. So anyways, my, and my point is, yes, I'm sorry. No, well, that's my, okay. My point is that there's lots of really interesting things. And uh, so, yeah, just come and, and, and check out on the site and see what else there is. Yeah, I was going to mention that I have been on your site and looked around and there's like yoga classes and there's like... Uh, I think there was a hash making workshop and there was like all kinds of things. It's not just cannabis friendly accommodations. A lot of it's like events, workshops, that kind of thing too. So there's something for everybody pretty much. So Yeah, we're working to build out more uh, chefs. We call them high chefs so that we can offer infused um, dining services or or chefs who can be hired to um, cook at your dinner party, like mobile chefs. And uh, we're also working to build out high chauffeurs. People who oh. can drive you to the airport or pick you up from the airport and, um, you know, you can smoke in their car. Oh, very cool. So it's every time I, I learn more about this, there's more exciting things coming. And I can tell you're so passionate about it. Thank you so much for being here today, Elizabeth. And I wish you all the best as you roll out all these new exciting things. And I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Elizabeth as much as I enjoyed having it. And as always, I'll be linking to everything in the show notes so you can easily find it, including the website Hi B&B, so that you can go and see where you might want to travel next or what event you might want to participate in. And of course, I turn the tables to you now. What is on your bucket list for traveling? Let me know. You can always email me at bitemepodcast at fastmail.com. And until next week, my friends, stay high.